Welcome to Inspiring Futures. I'm your host, Ed Cotton. This is a podcast where we talk about the how, what, and why of the future. Okay, uh, welcome to the latest episode of Inspiring Futures. Um, I'm joined uh, today by Sophie Ozu, who is the co-founder of Kin, um, which is a relatively new agency that is very focused on purpose. And uh, Sophie is joining us from Los Angeles. I can't remember where in Los Angeles you are. You're somewhere like very glamorous in Los Angeles. I, I'm in Venice by the ocean. Yes, that's what I meant, Venice. <laughs> yeah. Thanks very much for having me. I'm excited we were doing this today. Yeah, it's very cool. So um, what I'd like to do first of all, of all is um, get you to tell us a little bit about your backgrounds. What was it that took you to where you are today? Is my question that I ask everyone. Sometimes people start when they're very small, like they, their moments of kindergarten. Some people just <laughs> go straight to college. Oh, good. You have the choice. You want my life story? <laughs> um, all right. You have two minutes to tell it. No problem. I'll do. I'll do the the fast version. So um, maybe one tiny element of my my childhood that is uh, that matters is um, I grew up abroad when I was a kid um, in Africa and Saudi Arabia, and I think in a lot of ways that has shaped my um, view of the world. And so very quickly, I was interested in, you know, in different cultures and um, I studied in Paris and I studied, you know, languages and history and geography and like uh, uh, a lot about um, politics as well. But uh, at some point I, I discovered the world of, of advertising and marketing, which seemed to be really exciting at the time and being a bit of a at the confluence of all, all things cultural. And um, yeah, and I, I went to school to, to become a strategist. I was, um, I did a bunch of internship when I was a kid to um, understand, you know, the different jobs. And I even tried myself at, as, uh, as a copywriter, <laughs> discovered I was not as good with words as I imagined, but, uh, but I was really good at solving problems and understanding people and, you know, and, and defining kind of like the, the overall direction. So that's pretty much how I got into, into advertising. Um, I, pretty much knew what I wanted to to do in this world um but um the the, the lower parenthesis is um you know I actually started my career in New York um I have selling French wines and spirits which was a super fun adventure um but it was also in 2003 uh and it was at the time of the war in Iraq and, you know, if you remember, the, the French had a very uh, different position on the matter and we, we had a huge backlash and people were pouring giant bottles of wines and, and, and amazing champagnes and down the drain. Um, so there was definitely a fun first experience. Um, but because of visa reasons, um, I found myself back to, to Paris um, and started to work on, you know, your traditional and, and great agencies like, you know, DDB and BTC, um, some really great, great experiences, learn a ton uh, on, on that side, you know, became a, a, a really well-rounded creative and marketing strategist. Um, but it was also at a time where things were very much siloed, 
you know, you had the advertising agency delivering the the, the brilliant campaign and the, and the 30, 60 seconds. And then you had the digital kind of little shop and experiential and so on. And um, it didn't make much sense to me at the time. You know, I, for me, it was one and the same for, you know, looking at it from more of a, a common sense perspective for a human being. It's just the one and same brand. Um, and this is how I got I got interested in uh, an agency called Sidley, uh, which is originally uh, from Montreal, and they were uh, looking to open in, in Paris. Um, and uh, Sidley is very much very integrated, uh, and you know, going from architecture to connected experiences, digital, um, and so forth, and design. And um, yeah, and I knew one of the founder of this uh, Paris office, and uh, and I actually that's a bit how I got into the entrepreneurial life. Uh, it was really fun, very fun experience. Um, helped so start and grow the office in Paris, and then Sidley wanted to open in in New York, um, and they I guess they trusted me to to lead strategy there as well, uh, and that's how I made the jump to the U.S about 10 years ago now um so uh same story but very different context because obviously um north america is uh, a whole other deal business culture and all around culture than europe is um but it's, it's been you know a, a fantastic adventure to again open the office grow the business um you know and, and at the time, we we had amazing clients, you know, from Absolute, Adidas, Facebook, Apple. So we got to do some really great uh, and big work. Um, and so, yeah, so it was about six years of, of my life. You know, one of my, uh, you know, big, big experience and with a great team um, and doing some uh, fun work, but also living this uh, entrepreneurial uh, life. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so, um, that's kind of a, a lot of my more traditional advertising career. And, and, uh, in 2016, I decided to, um, you know, I was faced with the choice to open the Sydney Los Angeles office. Um, and I think at that point I took a, a deep look in the mirror. Uh, I had been with Sydney for six years. I absolutely loved this team. Um, I was a partner. It, it, it felt all very familiar and comfortable. Um, but I felt that if I was going to do this a third time for this company, I would probably never leave and, and stop growing. So it was it was the moment in time where I give myself a a bit of a, a kick in the butt and and decided to to you know move forward and expand my horizons. Um, so from then, you know, I uh, I had the chance to start freelancing, consulting for a lot of different agencies. Um, but I was very much obsessed at the time with the idea of responsibility for brands. You know, as as a strategist, um, I've, this is something that I've always been, you know, very curious about and trying to understand how brands could put their business. Uh, and and use them as a force for good and but it, it felt always limited you know when you're on the agency side it's hard to push the the boundaries of your briefs and um, I wanted to to explore that a little bit more and see if I could put uh, more meaning into into my daily work uh, so I started to to freelance um, in different 
organizations, so social impact agencies, nonprofits, um, and uh, and and yeah, I think with all this, and uh, you know, it kind of led me uh, to create my own company with an amazing partner, uh, Kwame Taylor, um, to and really create a company that was very much purpose-led uh, and designed to uh, to drive social change through through culture and creativity. Um, so you, how did you meet your business partner? Sorry? How did you meet your business partner? Oh, well, he was a, a rock star that we hired while at Sydney, New York. Um, so we, when we opened in New York, we needed uh, someone who was, you know, a, a, a brilliant in everything, integrated production and digital. Um, and Kwame was that person. He was uh, not only uh, he's an amazing human being, but extremely skilled at had what he does, um, but with also an amazing vision on the business and uh, and culture all around. So uh, we very quickly became friends. Um, he grew up in Africa as well, in Ghana, lived in Europe. So we, we had a bit of that same, uh, you know, third culture kind of, you know, kids um, perspective. Um, yeah. And we, 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 you know, our friendship just grew from then on. Um, and so while I was freelancing, interestingly, and when I left Sidley, he actually went on to Chobani to start the internal agency um, from the ground up and did amazing work over there. Um, but what is also very interesting is that he could see firsthand how, a, you know, a business, a company a, can be put to great good um, and really use its scale to to change culture and, and advance issues. Um, so I think with him, with this experience and me, you know, with this obsession on, on, on impact, you know, over, the, over a few years of, of talking and missing the entrepreneurial life, uh, at some point we decided it was it was time for us to to get back into business together and, and create something of, uh, on our own. Was that an easy to convince each other that that was just the right thing to do or did it take time? Um, it wasn't hard, but it took about a year. Um, you know, he's, he's in New York. I was in LA. So the idea of starting a business together and we're talking about, you know, between 2018, 2019, um, it, it wasn't, you know, the most natural thing to do to start a business across the country. Right. Um, and the, the second thing is we really wanted to have a strong point of view. It wasn't about starting another agency um, or another creative shop. Like we, we really wanted to come with um, a strong point of view on the type of work we wanted to do. So, you know, it, it took us a few uh, visits and, and a few plane trips uh, across the country, um, you know, and, and finally after a few conversations and, and a great dinner and, and a couple of sake, <laughs> uh, we decided to, that it was the right time. And we had the, we were totally aligned when it comes to our values. Yeah, so interesting. What did you feel? Because you were already, I mean, you were already probably doing very similar work, just that you'd already kind of positioned yourself as a freelance strategist who was working around the purpose domain. What did you feel that having a company would bring to you that you couldn't have as a as a freelancer? What, what, what was the, what did you feel that you needed or how would it help? So 
I guess there's two parts to, to that answer. The, the first one, more personal, is that um, as a freelancer, I thought it was I was doing great work, meeting a lot of very interesting people, but I wasn't I, I really missed this feeling of building something of significance, you know, building a team, uh, building a culture. And this is something that I, I really loved uh, during my time at Sidley, whether in Paris or New York. It was it felt very so satisfying to, you know, to to gather a group around a, a mission. And, um, you know, and yeah, and, and bring uh, great opportunities to talent that you, you love and value. Um, so that's what I, I was missing personally. Um, I think what I love about what we're, where we're at right now with Kin and this adventure with Kwame is that um, when it comes to impact work, um, this is how we're positioned, right? So that's the way we engage conversations with our partners and clients. We, when, so we come very much with the understanding that this is the kind of work we're going to want to do together. And we are mission oriented. We're in the same boat and positive changes is, is, has to be the outcome, um, which is very different if you're coming more from uh, a traditional agency and you're tied by an AOR or retainer, for example, engagement. And, um, you know, a, a lot of the, the relationship is a bit biased based on that. You know, the agency becomes dependent on the revenue. You don't have as much leeway or, or freedom to push or, you know, or, or to bring new ideas or to, you know, um, get a bit of, uh, sometimes on a tangent to bring maybe a purpose or impact project. Like, you know, you're, you're very much on track to deliver the uh, towards the, the results of the of the retainer, and I feel like having this this freedom uh, and this leeway, being independent, uh, and and being able to 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 lead our relationships and the projects we we want to is is um, you know something that we we really appreciate. And yeah, well, I mean, there's so much to there's so much to talk about. Um, so. Uh, where was I, where was I going to start? I was going to start with um, decision making. I mean, look, you you come from a you've got a lot of agency experience, and you've come from growing teams and growing agencies, especially in places in New York, like in New York, where you have to pitch all the time, right? Mm -hmm. Part of the pitch to win business. There aren't pitches really for um, purpose, right? It it's not something. I mean, maybe there are maybe some RFPs or whatever. Um, and as you said, kind of, it's like really, it's a weird business. It's like, like, it's not agency per se. It's like, you need more, it's more consulting. Maybe there's some specific outputs that you need, uh, creative outputs, but mostly it's like really thinking and developing strategies. Um, and so what do you, are you a consulting company or are you an agency? Because neither seems to be quite right, you know? Um, so, okay. no, you're right. And actually, we've, we've been thinking about that. How do we call ourselves? What, what are we? Um, we, we? We landed on the simple thing, thought that we are a creative company, but our output is, uh, our mission is to drive social change through culture. So we, we, we are 
it, in a way, we're full service. Like we we start with strategy, we develop, you know, impact strategies for our clients, but we're very much interested in creating and producing our IDs because it's often in 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 the production part where sometimes things fall apart. Yeah. Where you know you start to your vision gets corrupted, right? Yeah. Exactly. Um, Whether it's a film or a platform that you're designing, uh, there are so many details and nuances that are important in this work. And so for us being involved at that stage is hugely important. Um, And we and we love creating, you know, we we, um, and I'm a strategist by trade, but I've never been in this job to just produce, you know, Google Docs and keynotes. And um, I've been in this business to help solve problem and 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 create work that that I'll be I'll see out there. so, so yeah, so we, we like to call ourselves a, a creative company and our output is, is highly creative. Um, and that's actually something we, we wanted to bring into this space because often when you think of impact, it, it, it feels maybe some, sometimes it's very granola or earnest or like, well, I think we, we believe that creativity and innovation um, is really something that is going to help with the maximizing the impact at the end of the day. Yeah, I mean, it'll it'll it all makes a lot of sense. Um, then the, I guess the next question is, who are you talking to? I mean, when you're an agency and when you're part of a new business team, you know there are pitches up for business, and you know it's pretty much the CMO who's going to be. Maybe there's other people involved, but there's this point person, right? Yeah. And the problem, the problem with uh, purpose is it's all over the place right it's who do you you know who do you end up who do you find how do you find these people who t- you need to talk to who understand what you're talking about because they sit in different parts of the organization and when you want to do what you want to do a lot of the time the problem is these people aren't talking to each other people who need to be talking to each other it's no good having a um a governance yeah group that is just of doing their own thing and they're not talking to other areas of the business so uh how, how do how do you approach that you're you're absolutely right um it, and it's honestly it's a bit of a case by case um we've been working with a, a range of different uh organizations and 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 brands um and where we find the most success is when we're able to to be engaged with the the top leadership because that's very much where decisions are made and where business and impact can get aligned. Um, and so, you know, whether it is uh, working with a startup um, with that is purpose led. So, for example, we launched uh, Naomi Osaka, uh, you know, the, the professional tennis players. Um, she launched a, a sun care brand. And so um, with them, we had access directly to uh, Naomi, but also her team and the leadership team. And we really were able to position the brand and, and develop, you know, a, a road to market that made sense that was very much in line with the mission of, of the brand and, um, and in raising the, the public health issue that, uh, that the brand aims to tackle. Um, but when it, we also work with, um, you know, very large organizations like, you know, Delta and Uber, MailChimp, um, 
organizations where you know accessing obviously the the, the founder or or the ceo is harder uh, but you know in some cases we do have access to to leadership and then in some other cases these are organizations that have an impact department sitting uh, next to the marketing department. And that's where we start to build the bridge between the two. Um, because it's, for us, it's very, very important that business and impact go together. Um, and it's only by mobilizing both that you know, we, we can get to maximum uh, impact down the, down the line. So now you've gone through like, um, I mean, we've seen this purpose sort of you know it's it's everywhere yeah and 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 um i mean i thinking about the name soccer example that you could find yourself quite easily competing with a conventional agency for that business there's probably no reason why a con conventional agency maybe you'd have an maybe you'd have an advantage because you have the skills you have but there's no reason why you wouldn't be competing against conventional agency for that. Yeah. Is that true? Yeah, no. And and look, there's no monopoly on doing good. And we're absolutely happy and excited to see that how, you know, it's becoming a lot more prevalent in, in culture and, you know, and, and within the, the advertising and marketing industry, especially after the, the murder of George Floyd, it's true that, you know, um purpose has become a bit of the the buzzword um so for us there's no no competition in the sense that you know it, it's all participating uh, towards the goal we all have um but i think the the main the most important thing to us at least is to build ids platforms that have a lasting impact um and and that are not ephemeral and I, i'm not saying all agencies are only doing ephemeral campaigns, you know, some yeah, of them. I think that's a good point there. Yeah, um, but but that's at least the focus that we want to put on on the work that we're developing. You know, it's it's about um, you know identifying purpose and, and but also driving the 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 roadmap that comes with it and how also we're identifying clear goals and committing to to them and defining platforms that will drive lasting change over time and 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 also drive business obviously um but but yeah i think that that might be one of the the difference that that i would make and in in terms of the the outputs um that that we're looking to uh to create yeah i think that's a really important point i think i think it's you know this is um change takes time change yeah it's a long time and it takes a lot of discipline agencies are really in the fashion business to be honest i mean they don't like doing the same idea twice uh, they want to do something different because uh, mm. they believe the culture is changing blah 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 it's kind of the reverse skill set that you need when it comes to impact you need to stay the course, you need to keep investing, you need to learn from your results uh, and keep applying that learning until you get somewhere. Uh, yeah. Versus, no, let's throw this away and change what the brand, brand's been doing the same advertising for 10 years, I don't care. I'm coming in, I'm the new CMO, it's gotta change. Yeah, and but that's why it's so important to, to work with corporations because 
Look, they, they are the entities that have the biggest power today, you know, financially, culturally, their, their influence is massive. So that's why we're interested in, in partnering with them because they, we can really drive change at scale. But that's why it's so important for them to identify a few areas and causes that they can really own that made sense to, to their business, to who they are, and that they're willing and committed to work on long-term and not going from one cause to the next because it's the latest trending thing to do. Um, so you're right, yeah, being able to identify that area and, and playing the long game um, is important. It doesn't mean, though, that we're not going to renew the way we go at it because we have audiences that are very much, you know, have a fleeting attention and um, who are, you know, excited to see newness and, and over solicited. So we're still talking to the same audiences, you know, as as for, you know, selling a new phone, for example. Um, so that's where you know, when it comes to impact work, we have the same demanding goal to be as, as exciting and interesting and creative and innovative in the way we, uh, we go about it and the way we engage uh, people with, with these topics. Um, but, but it's more about, you know, identifying a focus, identifying an objective and, and really tracking that over time. Um, because yeah, you're right, progress is slow. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I also think, you know, now you've got sort of, um, I think people, people have sort of gotten confused. It's like they don't, people already don't know what a brand is. They don't know really what purpose is. They're kind of confused by it. It's so, the language is so flexible and poorly defined and it's open, so open to interpretation that, um, you know, and then people get tired, you know, they, they they get this, oh, it's no longer, we've got X amount of money, do we put it in the purpose bucket? Well, what about the metaverse bucket? That looks interesting. Well, it's not the same. It's just, I, so, um, and I, I see like this, I see this sort of um, real uh, agonizing over purpose now, like, the sort of um, you see it everywhere where people are uh, questioning it and skeptical about it, and you know they they can't reconcile that business is ultimately capitalist, and then if it's ultimately capitalist, it, it really can't. It has how can it be in the best interests of society? Because if we are all about consuming, then that's not a sustainable pathway. So yeah. just in the last sort of like since the beginning of the year. Mm. Even when BlackRock wrote their amended letter saying, hang on a minute, we might have pushed it too far. You start to see all these like financial types kind of like, you know, I don't care about Hellman's purpose. I just care how many gels of Hellman's they sell. Mm -hmm. So there's been sort of a, a backlash, I would say, if that maybe not, maybe too strong a word, but maybe right um, against the whole principles of purpose. Yeah. So. I mean, in, in our mind, um, there is indeed this purpose trend, but at the end of the day, it is about understanding, you know, what does a company stand for and how they are contributing and, and positively contributing to our society and, 
and and communities and and planet. You see what I mean? It's uh, when I, someone says to you, when someone says to you, I mean, I'm sure there's I'm sure there's plenty of people who are believers in that, and they they don't need a lot of convincing, and they've already they've already moved needle you know in that direction but there's a bunch of skeptics who will say well why do i need to do that well, look we're coming into a recession yeah i need every dollar that i have working against my business i'm not i'm not putting 10 million aside for a you know climate regeneration program or whatever yeah no i mean you're right and 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 it's true that you know often in a recession marketing and impact are the first uh budgets to to be sliced but um, I think, you know, it's it's been now pretty widely reported and acknowledged that brands with, you know, a strong sense of purpose drive more uh, consumer engagement, drive more brand love and, you know, preference and, and consequently revenue, um, you know, and younger generations are obviously at the forefront of that, you know, Gen Y and Gen Z. And um, I think you know, it would be very short-termist to think that uh, purpose is just, um, you know, just a just a just a trend or something that you can cut because at the end of the day, you're just damaging the relationship that you're building with these audiences. Not to say, you know, um, that you're might be on the wrong side of history. <laughs> Some people don't necessarily, um, you know, care about that. But if we're just looking at business, it it is a business imperative today to stand for something very clear um, and communicate that to, to your audiences and, and make sure that every touch point is aligned with this from product to experience and services. I think it's kind of like interesting that there's, a, there's such, to me, there's such a big difference between Naomi Osaka saying, look, I, I'm going to be putting some money into doing something from scratch. Like I'm going to make this. Is it was it Suncare skincare? I can't remember. Was it? Both? Yeah, it's it's Suncare. Um, and you know the whole purpose is to um help people of color yeah. realize that their melanin is not enough to, to right. protect themselves. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a there's a really strong. I mean that is from the get go. Mm -hmm. that has a really strong purpose driven strategy that is concrete versus somebody who's never really you know what i mean they, they they've got to reverse engineer some purpose into something that never really had it in the first place and and that seems to me you have to almost and i'm sure you guys this is what you guys do is um you, you got to tell them like one what what is purpose how do you define it right and then my great example here is, um, and, and, and I think there's this really interesting tension, Cadbury in the UK, who decided, I don't know, was it the CMO, was it the ad agency? I don't know. They decided they wanted to focus on purpose and that, that Cadbury's purpose was all about doing social good because they could connect the brand to this idea of sharing so they went the strategists went out and and obviously did a lot of research and they said you know we have a crisis with old people here they're, they're incredibly lonely they don't they don't have people around them they're ostracized from society 
we can be the catalyst, you know, we can be a catalyst to encourage people to talk to old people or whatever it was exactly. And you go, oh, that's really interesting. When you look at it as a strategist in the, in the, in the, and you look at socio-cultural trends, you go, oh, that's really interesting. Yeah, it makes sense. Chocolate ball, give someone share of chocolate, yeah. But in the bigger picture of Cadbury, they're one of the biggest manufacturers of chocolate in the world. Chocolate has the most appalling labor rights and human rights issues. Yeah. So someone made a decision to say, we're not going to do anything. Well, we might be doing something about that, but that's not important right now. And so that's what I find fascinating. It seems like somehow there's this inherent tension between what's good for the better of society versus what's good marketing. Yeah, and, and I think that's the whole difference. And that's exactly the type of work that we focus on. Like when I was talking about aligning the business with your impact, that's where we would have started, you know, is understanding what is the business of Cadbury? Where do they have the biggest footprint? Where, where are they doing the most harm or positive or, or contrary to the most good? Yeah. Um, and and th this is where it starts. Like you know, a company cannot be cannot have a negative impact. Like it, it doesn't make any sense nowadays to um, you know under the the disguise of a capitalistic venture to harm communities or populations or or the planet if you're doing business there's no reason why you would do this today so it's looking at you know what you do as a business and how you can actually use this business to become a force for good and and in this space many other companies whether you know ben and jerry's or chobani have done it um and and i think that's where you're the most successful again because you know, as as lovely as this thought and, and how, you know, as important is the issue of um, our elderly, sorry for the noise in the background, as, as important is the, the issue of our elderly to be isolated is, it is probably not, um, you know, Cadbury's most pressing issue or most relevant and ownable issue um, to, to own. Um, I think that that's kind of... Um, I think the reason why it's, it's all for us, it's all about, you know, tying the business to impact and how um, we think we can get to bigger results. Yeah, I think it goes, I think it's interesting when we go through the examples, um, you know, just even just quickly mentioning Ben and Jerry's, um, Chobani, you go to Patagonia, they all have something in common, which is a very enlightened founder Mm -hmm. of somebody who really understood and appreciated that business is more than business yeah you know and um you know that there, there aren't that many of them maybe it's a new generation maybe that's naomi osaka is part of a new generation who will be just like those companies but of that generation there really weren't that many and even when you think of somebody like Apple, really not that enlightened, mm -hmm. you know, when you think about them. Uh, and even even Nike, I mean, the big brands that people love, even young people love still, I mean, Apple is a massive powerhouse across generations from the youngest to the eldest. I don't, I don't think it's, I don't think, you know, I don't think from a social responsibility uh, angle, all the money they have, um, 
they have done enough there as brands, you know? Yeah. I mean, listen, it's not nothing and nobody is perfect. Sure. Um, sure. And, you know, I, I we often have this conversation with Kwame. Um, it would be very easy for us to only work with the Ben and Jerry's and, and or, or the sure. Neil Osaka's of this yeah. world who are very much purpose led and driven. Um, at the same time, you know, these companies, um, you know, that you listed or, or some of our clients, you know, Uber and Delta and MailChimp, and they have such a scale and such influence. And so, um, you know, working with them, being on the journey with them is hugely valuable. It, it can be challenging, challenging yeah. times, um, but, but it's, we feel it's always rewarding because, you know, um, we are turning the boat together and there's a whole generation um, uh, of, of marketers and leaders uh, on the other side. And we're very lucky to have amazing partners in, in these companies because they are, uh, you know, wanting and willing to push um, in this direction together uh, in, in aligning the business with impact and, and, and taking, you know, um, the, the, some risk and, and putting budgets behind it. Uh, but, but yes, it, it's, I think it's more important to be on the journey and to, to do and try to do the work than, um, than not doing anything because you feel like you, it's not going to be perfect or it's not going to be enough, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I mean, I think there's a, I think there's a lot of people who would rather not do anything because they are scared of being criticized or. Yeah. Uh, because everything, um, in fact, I, I actually have a podcast interview with this Nikita, who's this wonderful social media lady. And she says, we're the first people here. If, if something's off in social responsibility with what a brand is saying or doing, yeah, we get it first and we have to deal with it first. Yeah. And I, and I believe it. Uh, yeah. and you know, um, but again, for, you know, uh, the amount of um, critics that you, or, or criticism that you'll get, um, it, it also sometimes hide the, the large amount of good that you're still able to do. Um, and that doesn't get uh, talked about enough either. Yeah. Um, so I, I think, you know, taking it step by step, project by project, and, and you know, trying to move the needle, um, you know, within this larger organization is, is it's still hugely important. And um, yeah, because at, while we wait for these newcomers and these new innovators to come and to replace uh, the behemoth of today, um, you know, working on both sides is what we're, what we're trying to do for now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, it, there's no, there's no alternative. You, 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 you know, it's almost like I always think of Sid Lee as being a kind of a, I don't know. It was always most like a cultural agency, mm -hmm. in a way it sort of understood culture. And yeah. I always think of agencies that they they have two types of clients. You know, they have the clients that really sort of get that they're cool, right, and that they sort of want to maintain that. And then there are the big clients that actually want to be cool and they need some sort of cultural help. And yeah. I think it's probably the same here. It's like 
you know, the people who get it, who need other people who get it. And then the, the people who don't get it, who need to start somewhere yeah. and they, they need to, they need to feel uh, confident and um, be given the right map, you know. Yeah. And, and sometimes it takes a whole learning journey together, you yeah. know? Um, and I think that's the beauty of it. We're, we've been working on very difficult topics, you know, like, you know, very profound um, projects on racism, for example. And we had a very diverse team, you know, um, people of color and white together uh, on a project. And it's taken a, a lot of learning uh, for all of us, um, you know, and, and, and me included, you know, I think, um, again, going back to this idea that um, when it comes to impact work, um, of course, the, the bar is high and we, we all want to succeed and to see positive impact, but it's not a perfect journey and there's a, a ton of learning. Yeah, to and I, think that, I think that's really, I think it's really interesting. What, I don't know, I think I might have written something about this, but um, as a strategist, as strategists, we sort of work with this sort of very inverted funnel that we kind of try to make something so like clear and simple. We've distilled all this information to this point, right? Yeah. So, and we're very, very good. Uh, uh, I mean, hey, I, I don't really like using this word, but it's an effective word to use, weaponizing mm -hmm. this language. So we actually end up, I think, in a way, causing more like harm than good. Because, you know, when you distill everything down to simple, simple terms, it's it, it, it takes all the complexity out of it. Yeah. So, for example, I find it interesting that like um, we have we th there's been such a, a monopolization of the idea that an electric car is actually better than any other car, mm -hmm. almost like without question. But actually, if you read enough about it, and VW did this a few years ago where they did an impact study on a diesel golf versus an electric golf. And the benefits of the electric golf were so marginal. It was like you talked, if you talk to a thousand random sample people who are going to buy a car and say, what do you think is going to be better for the environment, an electric golf or a, or a regular, uh, you know, internal combustion engine golf, 75%, 80% would have said electric. But you see, that's why I think it's so interesting because to me, we that's where we struggle. Yeah. The struggle is like as advertising people and as advertising strategists, we're trained to take the complex and make it simple. But in a way, in this world, you kind of need to keep the com. You need to kind of keep it not it, complicated, but it, you need to keep it like as you said. It's not perfect. We're not going to be, you know. You have to talk about things like we're in beta, we're on a journey. This is yeah. 1.0. Uh, you have to be, you know, like my one of my favorite examples is Patagonia saying, we make jackets that actually damage the environment. Right. But yeah. we're trying to change that. And that to me is like the voice, the, the voice of that brand that says, we're putting our hand up to say, we're not perfect. Mm -hmm. I think that's absolutely brilliant. And I think in so many, so many companies, we just never do that. They, they don't have what it takes to own up 
to the responsibilities that they should be facing. And yeah. that's a really, and that to me is what buys you the credibility with people. I'm when you can get a company to turn around and say, look, we, we put our hands up. We're not great right now, but we're working. We're on a journey to get much, much better. I couldn't agree more. Vulnerability and humility are, are huge um, in, in this space and, and also recognized by audiences. Um, and, and often brands who do take this bold step to say, we're not perfect, but you know, we've acknowledged the problem and we're on our way. Um, they, they, they get props for that. But the second part to that is not just to say we're on our way. The second part is to say, here are our goals and objectives and here's how we'll get there and committing to that and being transparent, um, you know, about that because people are not, you, you mentioned this earlier. Yeah. People are skeptical and it's by showing accountability that, um, along with vulnerability that people, you know, um, build trust. But I think it's, it's interesting also how things are, are, or changing and how um, more and more I see, you know, and, and when it comes to, you know, climate change, it's been a, a, a big space here where a lot of companies have declared ambitions and very clear goals and, and having a, even like a, a deadline given to themselves. But uh, it's important that we move towards this kind of behavior on, on a lot of different, you know, issues. Um, and, and again, not just follow the, the latest trend. Just to, switching back to your agency, um, where would you, what would you, what do you see the next, um, next development? Well, the, it's a, it's a great question. Um, so, you know, we're, we're barely three years in, um, and right now we're growing and hiring. Um, so it's, it's very exciting. Um, I, we have some really nice, uh, programs coming out soon for Delta and MailChimp. So we, we've been pretty busy, um, but, and, and we're eager to, to continue to form relationship and, and lasting relationships with, with, uh, amazing partners like, like them. Um, but I think one area that excites us also is to develop our own IPs, uh, and, uh, and our own, uh, cultural platforms for, for change. Uh, that's something Kwame and I are very excited about and we have uh, a lot of ideas. Often what's what's missing is the time uh, at the moment to execute them, but we're, we're hoping, you know, in, in, the, uh, in the next couple of years to be able to really carve out some, some more time uh, to, to develop these ideas because um, the more, you know, the more we, more we work in the space, the more, you know, it's, it, it feels it, we come up with ideas and uh, we're eager to, to, to do our part on our own. What would you say as a word of advice, having you experienced it yourself, gone from a strategist working inside a company to a freelancer to someone set up their own business, what's the biggest thing you've learned and the biggest piece of advice you can give someone who says, I'm now working as a sole operator I, I really want to form a partnership and get some scale and start a company. What, what, do, you, what do you think the, the best piece of advice you can have? There's lots and lots of freelancers out there thinking, shall I just be a freelancer or is, is there more to this? What do you think? 
Oh, that's a that's a hard question. Um, I think you know, uh, if 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 I'm talking to freelancers, I think the big thing is to to understand you know what is important to them. Um, is it about coming in and solving problems and just being focused on solving the problems. You know, like I said, what was important to me at some point was to do that with people and, 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 and build, uh, build a collective of, uh, to, to go at these problems together. Um, and I was very much missing the human adventure. Um, I, I, so, but if, if it's more broadly, you know, um, what helped me or the piece of advice that or that really kept with me throughout my career is um staying humble you know as as strategists often it's we're quick to know or to quick to think that we we know the answer or that we have an intuition and um and or we have the solution and um but it's all about you know continuing to to listen listen to very different point of views and and always taking the time to listen whether it's you know for a project or for your career um you know finding the 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 time and the humility and and uh to to listen to these different perspectives um is hugely valuable and then you can you can jump and and in through leaps and bounds you know thanks to thanks to all of that um everything you've learned so far. That's great. Well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, This is your host, Ed Cotton. Thank you so much for listening to Inspiring Futures. Until next time.